The, the donut, donut Box. The Donut Box. What's up, guys? It's Joe, and welcome to The Donut Box, where we unbox stories and talk about things we usually do not talk about. In today's episode, it is going to be the first of our segment, A Glazing Letters, where we read out letters of your stories and your health and nutrition concerns that you want us to talk about. This is going to be a very interesting episode. Our letter sender talks about favoritism in the family, feeling that scarcity, and struggling with it as they grow older in their life. So I hope that this episode is helpful for you. If you're ready, let's unbox it. We are back with another episode with our guest and aka co-host will be here a lot more. He is a med student. He is a trainer, sports scientist, soon-to-be doctor. Everybody, let's welcome Elijah Espino. Hi, Elijah. Hi, guys. I have been promoted, finally. I'm just kidding. Promoted? <laughs> but I'm not a medical student anymore. I, I'm done with medical well, school. Well, you haven't graduated. You will graduate next week. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> technically, so I'm, I'm neither a, a doctor. I'm neither a doctor nor a student. No, I'm not a student anymore because there's no more school. Yeah, but then when you officially graduate, that's when you're not a student. <laughs> I, I'm in lim- I'm, I'm in limbo, medical limbo. Like they say, you're a bum. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so today's episode is going to be a new segment, which is going to be called a glazing letters. Dun, dun, dun. A glazing letters. Yeah, yeah, oh. like because you're glazing the donut. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. What are you doing? That's spray paint. Why are you spray painting the donut? (laughs) It's like, shh. Okay. So, a glazing letters is going to be a new segment we have. If you have any specific nutrition or health concerns that you want to address, send it to the Donut Box Pod on Instagram. Send it in a letter format. We will be reading it and we will be sharing our thoughts, our experiences, and how we can hopefully help you on your journey. We got a few letters already, so I'm excited to read it. Are you? Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Maybe this is going to be sad as well, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Do you have 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 you ever like do you do letters like before? Is a letter letters your thing? I used to send letters, but when I was a kid. Oh. I used to have a, I think I used to have a pen pal from Korea or Japan back when I was in like 3rd grade. I don't remember what happened to it. It was so far back. Who do you send uh, letters to your pen pal? Who else? Yeah, yeah. No, cuz it was like a like a joint thing with our school or something like that and we would send we would have like a pen pal from somewhere across the world or something Mm -hmm. like that okay i didn't have a pen pal um i did receive a letter once snail mail my first snail mail. wow and i was like i should send you letters (laughs) yeah and then i was like like, (laughs) i'm I'm gonna send you a letter and be like hi and then (laughs) <laughs> so I know messenger text lang pala <laughs> and I wanted to send back the letter but then I forgot how to I forgot I was supposed to do that but anyways we have a letter here and what time... you were just waiting <laughs> no. you were just waiting for someone to reply to something that you haven't replied to yet yes exactly no yes. I'm just kidding so this time we are going to be responding to the letters so let's read our first letter so a little letter reading music please Hello, Miss Joe. Just want to say that I am a very big fan of yours, and I think I need your help. I want to lose weight, but I can't get my way around food because of what I experienced during my childhood. I wasn't the favorite apo 
or grandson. So what they do is they count my portions in a very demeaning way. It even got to a point that they hide quote-unquote good food from me. The good thing is I finally got out of that situation, but the problem is that I developed a very unhealthy habit where when there's good food, I eat a lot because I'm scared that someone else might eat it and I won't get to eat it again. How do you get around this problem? Thank you, Miss Joe. More power to you. P.S. I realized it was a problem thanks to your TikTok videos. First of all, I don't know if it's a sorry thing that you realized that from my TikTok videos. Like, I'm sorry you realized that it was a problem. Um, but yeah, let's start off with the, the beginning. Which... My first question is, mm-hmm. wait, so he's not the, f- he or she, was it a he? I'm not sure, whatever. They um, specify that they weren't the favorite of Paul. So does that mean that that they were living with the grandparents and so like the parents had didn't have a say about this or something like i'm not just so sad i'm not so sure there there isn't a lot of context to that no yeah we don't know if it's like they live with their grandparents or their parents were not there or something yeah generally even if this was your parents yeah um, this is like a very um intense situation right no but this is this is this is even sadder because it's your grandparents and usually it's your grandparents it's like oh Apo, here eat this mm. one and then, and then they <laughs> feed you right <laughs> they're the ones who sneak the food um from you right Something yeah like and that. like and, and and like culturally it's usually the grandparents like in all cultures it's usually the grandparents that's like eat more in the states in the philippines uh, in mexico i don't know did you watch crazy rich asians like uh yeah but are we grandparents- crazy rich asians <laughs> <laughs> their their grandparents and that's were a movie. not were not very um it's not a movie just a movie it's obviously yeah, based from that's experiences true. okay right? fine there are and those like, instances of course it's I, f- I feel like it's widely accepted that it's usually the grandparents that spoil their grandkids yeah that's true yeah, so that yeah. is a little bit unfortunate right yeah have you ever experienced favoritism like you have you have one sibling do you you're the favorite, Kasi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I no, should ask like, your brother. <laughs> no, How because is it like, okay, here's the thing. Me and my brother are so far apart. We're 11 years apart. Yeah. So, by the time that I was like, by the time that I was like five, six, Kuya was already in college. Mm-hmm. So, there, it's like, it's like basically two. It's like. We were basically our own only child at one point in our time, you <laughs> well, know. Because by the not for by him. the time, I think that's more of a you thing than a him thing. Yeah, because yeah. like <laughs> yeah. he didn't have a lot of time to be the only child before you came over. <laughs> Eleven years. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, it's hard for us to be put in that same situation because you know it's not like oh we were one year apart, two years apart, not even mm-hmm. five years apart. Mm-hmm. You know, we were eleven years apart. My brother already has kids who are in high school okay right so, so you're, you so didn't hard. experience favoritism that way how about from like grandparents or other family members did you ever experience right. that i would i wouldn't say f- i didn't experience favoritism um of course since i'm the bunso yeah you were i always favorite. had I, yeah i still I, there was still that thing where it's like i got spoiled a bit more than that my kuya did when he was my age and stuff like that but then again it was also a different part of our lives like yeah kuya, kuya growing up mostly was in the philippines and then mm-hmm. we moved to the states like accessibility so it was, was a really accessibility big thing. yeah yeah and like in, in money and money was a big thing too dad was making more money mom got a job yeah so it, it wasn't like that. it wasn't really that you were the favorite 
it wasn't it so was, much as you were the favorite but more of like like lifestyles changed, changed. Yeah, yeah exactly mm-hmm. so okay. there wasn't like queer was being abused or something yeah it wasn't that I don't know if I've had experience with favoritism because there were always inklings of times where we would feel like Jell was the favorite, but then she's the eldest, cause and mm. you know, um, <clears throat> all of weird. Uh, you, the eldest, well, it depends. In Asian countries, no, the eldest is usually favored. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. There's like, a lot of pressure. They inherit. I, I'm not the eldest, so I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> they inherit a lot of the pressure for sure. Like, but I think the bonsai would usually be the fav- the most coddled in a sense, right? Mm, I guess mm. I did experience that with my sister, with Yana being the most like taken care of. Like she she had a lot of the, but in the same with you, where that's also because. When we were younger, we didn't have as much access to all mm. of these cool things yeah. as much as, the, as as much as now, right? So well, at one point aspect. you were bunso, right? Yeah, at one point. Yeah, you were I the, was the a youngest. bunso for a while. So how did it feel? Like, did you feel like you were being coddled, or you got what you wanted? Um, I don't know. I did ride a stroller. Right, I was on a stroller until I was four years old. So I what? feel like I did have that favoritism as somebody who didn't like to walk. So there was that aspect. It's just that I can't wrap my head around favoritism around kids. I mean, I think yeah, that it's that's just so like, hard. I know that's just the thing that, that I really struggle with to the in this letter to the point where it would be so obvious. Like, I can wrap my head around favoritism with kids, but I can do that. But I can't wrap my head around obvious favoritism, where it's like, you get an iPhone, yeah, you don't. You don't get an <laughs> iPhone. Know? Yeah, no, it, 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 it brings me to the second point, which is like, you serve your favorite grandkids better food, mm-hmm. more of the servings, and then you, what, you give the, the, the less favorite child... What do they like? What I kind know. of food did they give them? It, it feels like, like you go <laughs> out get, like, of a your way. And here's a potato. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just feels like you're going out of your way to do that, right? Yeah. In a sense where it's like, oh, I'm gonna cook menudo for my favorite apo. I'm gonna cook menudo for my favorite apo, and then uh, you're gonna get like I don't get it. Like, what type of food is that that they are yeah, getting? Yeah, like what do you get? You know, yeah. that, that, that's why it's so hard for me to wrap my head around that, and so I, I just feel so, you know, it just feels so unfortunate really it was when it, when when you read me the letter it was, it was kind of hard for me to visualize what it f- seemed like like and the only image i could get was like cinderella mm, yeah, you know? yeah yeah like step sisters. Like step sisters steps or sisters type of thing where it's like what did they feed him yeah. or her like them like and how was like the good food hidden when mm-hmm. so the other siblings got the food but it was hidden from you. So, like, I'm trying to think and, like, wrap my head around that. Is that, are they fed in a different room? So that... Yeah. Because, like, if you saw or them... Or, like, yeah, do you give, see them eating that? Yeah, do you see them eating yeah. Kit Kat while you're only eating... What is that? <laughs> I don't know. Is, is there a Filipino Kit Kat? Like, you're only getting... Being fed Cloud 9, which, by the way, still tastes it's, really tastes good. Tastes so good, yeah. So, like, it's hard to wrap my head around that. And I don't know. It's just... It really just puts us back into the perspective. And we've said this a lot on the pod. Your relationship with food is so shaped by the environment. In your childhood. Yeah. Yeah, Your environment. How you grow up. Mm -hmm. It creates trauma. The belief of other people around you. Like when, when I talk about restriction or binge eating, one of the biggest things I say is usually binge eating often comes from restriction. 
not really a lack of willpower that you think it is, right? Mm. There's, it comes from restriction. Where restriction comes from many different places. It's mm. not just that, oh, I want to be skinny, so I'm going to stop eating. That's a big part, yes. But eating disorders develop from way more than just that. And I once, uh, I, w- I was on Reddit and then somebody made this post of like, um, tell me a story of how you found out that you were fat phobic. Like that, that was the question um, on the Reddit post. And the comments were like, not all eating disorders come from fat phobia. You should know that and all of these things. And that was one of the times where I, it really clicked for me a little bit more because in my experience of an eating disorder, it came from weight stigma, right? W- was that your experience with your eating disorder? Like it came from... The yeah, weight I stigma mean, aspect or being trauma. called fat, mm-hmm. both, both. I mean, it it weight stigma comes with that trauma, you know. Yeah, but because... it was more related to weight rather than like other aspects of trauma. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like body image was a really big factor uh, to yeah. that, right? So uh, it was really hard. F- it was really hard for me to grasp first that oh wait, yeah, there are so many more. Um, possible things that come from your relationship with food which really allowed me to really you know to dive into all of these different Mm. topics because it's not just about your body it's also about your environment it's also about your relationship with others um Mm. restriction doesn't just come from a place of fear of gaining weight it comes from a place of fear of running out of food it comes from a fear of wasting food right and in this specific um situation it, it was, was that, the deprivation of food. Yeah, the deprivation yeah. of quote-unquote good food. Good food, yeah. Or Like he wasn't being starved. Well, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> there isn't an indicator. There isn't a specific. True, that's true. Because they said they would okay. count the portions in a demeaning way. So oh, what does that mean? Yeah. It is that like, oh, I'm giving you more portions. This is, this you shouldn't. So I feel like this is a trauma f- in two ways. Trauma in terms of your scarcity mindset being activated. And we'll tap into that a little bit more later. But also your worth. Like your worth gets so affected um, by that, right? So when we say like, this is not, the whole earn and burn mentality around food is not just you earning and burning your food from like calories and workouts. It's Mm. also seeing worth in food and connecting that to yourself, right? Exactly. No, um, in this situation, it's like, But it's still really hard to wrap my head around it because when you're a kid, right, you need to grow up. You need you need all of all of these nutrients. You need you need you need to be you need to be shaped into the person that you'll be. And food is a big part of it. And growing up, I was at least lucky that my parents, like, yeah, of course, the typical Filipino, oh, matabaka, blah 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 blah. You're getting fat. But I was never deprived of good food. Mm-hmm. Or you were still allowed food. to eat in general. I was still allowed to mm-hmm. eat. It was like, okay, maybe it'll come with, oh, kumakain ka na masyado marami, dahan-dahan, blah, blah, blah. But it was never like, ito lang ang kakainin mo. Like, this is all you're gonna yeah. get. Mm-hmm. That's cruel. That's like borderline child abuse. Yeah, Honestly. It, it is, it's a very, you know, uh, it's, it's something that we really have to take a look at. How... Mm. We tend to see raising children as developing their character, you know, like doing all of these things. So this is a way to develop your character, all that. But 
it it creates a lot of trauma that somebody has to really adjust and work through for so long. Right? Yeah. And that's why it's so important that you remember your relationship with food is not just about food. It is not just about willpower. It's about mm. having a safe environment where you feel that you are enough, you are worthy to nourish yourself because you carry this for a long time, right? That makes sense because even though my parents were not as strict as this, I still had those same thoughts as he did or she did or that they did wherein if there's good food i'm gonna eat all or a lot of it and to the point where it's like i'm gonna eat more of this like i hope people don't notice that i'm eating a lot of it but it's probably gonna be eaten soon so i wanna i wanna eat it just so i can have more of it i wanna be able to you know it, it kind of felt selfish in a way but if, and that was and that was you know like not as unfortunate as as the letter that we read like in my situation and yet i still had those tendencies which which makes me you know wonder like how how bad like mm-hmm. you know that trauma really is for him or for them to be affected in that way yeah i know like it, it, okay here's the thing it doesn't happen from multiple events you know it it doesn't yeah. just have to happen where like it's a daily thing that they were constantly portioning their food things like that trauma can happen from just one single instance incident yeah yeah where there's just for example just this one moment when they're like oops you shouldn't be eating that that you're you don't you don't deserve it boom that hits that that is something you carry with you you take that with you throughout all of these things and i always say this to my clients as well your relationship with food is not just about food but also it affects your relationship with or your other aspects of your life because Agreed. now your worth is questioned are Agreed. you even worthy of this quote-unquote good food yeah. and now that comes into are you worthy of anything right it's not just about eating but it's about all of these different ways that you see yourself that carries yeah. over because it's like you know you go into that mentality of okay if i'm not good enough for this food then what i what am i good enough for Exactly, right? Am no, I good enough is a big as part a person? Yeah. The fact that they're depriving me of, of something that's supposed to sustain my life, that's supposed to be the thing that gives me life, uh, then mm-hmm. what does that say about me as a person? And, and, while, my other, and while my, my other siblings, my other siblings, are, siblings getting are getting these better, the good food, yeah. better portions, that's, getting better food. That's yeah, that's really exactly. There are three ways that this type of favoritism and this um, environment can impact somebody. Number one, it is feeling like you are not worthy, especially around food. So now the earning and burning mentality really kicks in for a big chunk of your life, right? How would you or what do you suggest somebody work through with that, right? Because now your questioning is like, oh, do I deserve this food? Not just and and it doesn't just come from like the food itself, but it comes to now your relationship with your body. It comes into, am I worthy enough? Am I successful enough? And all of these things, you're now connecting all of that to yeah. to all of these different things, um, as well. Um, what what what's your first suggestion for this mindset? Well, to be fair, I mean this is deeply rooted in psych, you know, psychosocial mm-hmm. psychiatry and psychosocial the, psychiatry. So- Psychosocial, yeah, in psych- like psychosocial yeah, yeah. aspects, so psychiatry in, in mm-hmm. general. So it, it, it's hard to admit, but some things you can't solve on your own. 
And yes. there's <laughs> no harm and no shame in asking for help, seeking consult. And I think the best thing to do would be to seek guidance from, you know, uh, a psychiatrist who specializes in um, in eating disorders and and maybe just in deeply rooted in like like trauma, mm -hmm. a trauma psychiatrist, and then consult with a R and D. You know, yeah. the, I think those would be the best way. Because like, how would you know where to go if you yourself don't know and you yourself don't know your worth? You yourself don't you know, doesn't know what to do with with the situation, and mm -hmm. you're just. When, like, it's easy to say, oh, then I'll think of it that I'm worthy to eat this. I should, uh, I should not want to, you know, I should not feel that feeling of I have to eat everything. Like, that's that's easy to say, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and you have to work with that. So I, I think the best step is to get some sort of um, support group, yeah. like so, you know, some mm -hmm. sort of support, I external agree. support. It's not. This is something where we have to tap into again. It, it's not just a food thing. Like you can't just force yourself to eat food now. Like, uh, yeah. oh, I have access to all of this food now. I'm just going to eat it because now it's there, right? No, but, no, no. But that that wasn't the problem, right? No, I know. His but was, I mean, it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're talking about number yeah, one. Yeah. So yeah. you know that that it's not just a, simply about like, okay, I don't have to earn my food anymore. I'm just going to eat it. Boom, that's it. It doesn't just change because you're out of the situation, right? Exactly. So by the way, we're very glad that you are out of that situation it is so important to set your boundaries if possible not everybody has the privilege and opportunity to get out of a bad situation so agreed really really happy for you on that one um so one thing that you have to do is remember that some things you can't just do on your own and this is one of those things that while you may feel it doesn't affect you so much in in like now like you're feeling oh you know i'm doing better those thoughts can really creep in and it's very important to talk to a professional because the mm. earning your food is one mm -hmm. thing, but er but your worth has been questioned for a big chunk of your life. And that might be something that has to be um, dived in a little bit deeper too, uh, as well. Right? Agreed. So um, it's something that we really have to like talk out a little bit because we can tell you to, let's say, for example, I can tell you as a dietitian to just, you know, now eat whatever you want because you're allowed to and you have all of this access, get rid of that scarcity mentality. But if deep inside you have not yet worked through all of that trauma and all of those issues that you went through and you haven't been able to feel like you are worthy, it's still going to keep happening. Right? Yeah, the, biggest, the biggest solution is to really find the root of the problem. And I feel like in deeply rooted trauma, uh, you can't do it by yourself. Yes, exactly. Seek a professional. So that is number one, first addressing and finding your worth a little bit. That's a very important thing to tap into, some self-growth and development. Number two is to address that, uh, well, this is probably input with number three for me. So number two and three is addressing the scarcity mentality and working through bad and good mentalities around food which are well connected with each other. So we've talked about the scarcity mentality in one of our episodes. So that's episode 19. This is why your diet isn't working. And this talks a lot about the scarcity, scarcity mentality in the aspect of a restrictive diet. So let's talk about the scarcity mentality in your relation to how you grew up, right? So okay. the scarcity mindset is essentially this thought that you were always going to run out. And it started with a financial concept or finan uh, finance things where because of um, like, the, you know, recessions, all of those things. Am I, is that, is that correct? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a recession. Yeah, yeah. Recession or <laughs> me, the great, or me great depression of, type like, of thing. History, economy, and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So because of those things, you are like your scarcity, your food insecurity. That's heightened, right? Because you feel like you're constantly going to run out. You, it's not going to be enough. It's not going to be worth it. Or uh, we're, uh, it's not going to be there uh, for you food, money, all of these things. So the scarcity mindset kicks in where now you have to get as much of it as you can while you can. Agreed. So this applies to many aspects of your life. For example, for me, it's shopping where it's like, I'm going to go on a no shopping, like, you know. Um, so if you do like a no buy, for example, like, okay, you're not buying anything for 30 days and then boom, on the 31st day, you're like, I can buy everything I want to now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Or... Right before your no-buy starts, you're going to buy as much as you can. It's like, I'm not going to buy anything for 30 days. I have to buy everything now, right? And kind of like we're at the Japan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that scarcity menta- mentality really kicks in. And a big chunk of that scarcity mindset also comes from the idea of there being good and bad food. Because now you have something that you're going to lose out on. And that True. is the good food, Right. Which, of course, was built in from us when we were younger. What are the types of food that is quote-unquote good and bad? It really depends on the person um, as well. A lot of people or a lot of clients I've had, their quote-unquote bad foods are like pork and beef. Or for others, pork and beef are like, yes, high protein, yeah, very high good. Yeah, high protein, yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, yes. good. meat was also uh, kind of like a bad food for me when I was younger because my mom was vegetarian. Yeah. Not in the way where she's like, you're not allowed to eat meat. But I had that scarcity mentality when I would go out with my when I would go out with people like so funny story. Um, my mom, the mom, funny story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, my mom also wasn't like a fan of sodas. Like we didn't have sodas and things like that. Um, yeah, I know, so sad. That's probably why I'm like so into sodas. <laughs> like, which is is also not good for my acid reflux. But anyway. <laughs> so whenever there was like a party, um, like parang kids party ganon, yeah, I would always ask Amanda, so my my best friend. I would always ask. I'm gonna her, guess. I'm gonna guess. Yeah. Is there hot dogs? Yeah. Is that it? Is that? It? I was gonna guess it. But we're talking about soda. But both. Yeah, essentially, oh. what about the hot dog? Uh, oh, because like meats are bad, and so you'd ask for oh, hot dog yeah, yeah. if there's hot dog. Usually it wasn't hot dog. It's like barbecue. Oh. So, um, oh, what would happen is I would ask her to get a soda. And every time she was holding it, and then I would like sip from it. And then if somebody would cross, I'd give it back to her and be like, it's not mine. It's hers. I was just holding it for her. I'm giving it back. Uh, Not mine, not mine. Yeah, exactly. So that scarcity mindset really kicked in uh, for me. Um, And I I guess I'm noticing it now as well with those specific foods like meat and 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 that was with a mom that didn't tell you don't do it or drink Mm -hmm. that. So what more with a parent that, or a grandparent that goes, Bawalian, you can't have that. Yeah. It's bad for you. Like straight up, uh, yeah. you know. So, yeah, so that's, like, that's where the scarcity mindset can really kick in. And that comes from the idea first that there is a hierarchy with food, that you are going to miss out on the good food. And True. that's something we experience in Japan, right? Like um, the good food that we know, the, the food in Japan, we're never going to be able to eat that like authentic gr- Japan Japanese food in a long time. Stop maybe that. That's making me so sad. <laughs> yeah. So at that time of our travel, it was like, let's eat as much as we can, right? It really kicks in to so many yeah. many factors, and that's something yeah. you really have to challenge. You know what 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 we had the most of? Sushi. Melon no, soda. Man soda. <laughs> 
And then last night we had four sushi and soda. <laughs> yeah, we had four melon sodas because we know it's not available here. Like, I mean, I haven't or, searched. I have to search. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Well, let's see. Not right now. Wait. Not right now. We gotta, we gotta stay on topic here. <laughs> you know, like that's the thing because the scarcity mindset really kicks in for food that you feel like you have to earn. So all of this is really connected to each other, and it starts first with identifying and figuring out. Who, what your worth is. I mean, and not what your worth is, but that you are worthy and to that you are food. valuable. <laughs> no, and that yeah. you have value oh. and that you deserve to eat. That's true. Right? That's why I always say you always deserve to eat. People always think that that means like, eat whatever you want and just like, don't yeah. care. No, it's because from a person who restricted herself from a mindset of scarcity, I always thought that I didn't deserve to eat. And that led me to feeling crappy around food all the time. Yeah, it's right. it's about it's not about like. It, there's that misconception with with when people you know talk to me about it. it's like like regarding oh you should eat all of this you should eat, like that's what they're the, what that's what they think you're trying to say mm-hmm. when in reality it's a mindset yes in which you're trying to be like no I know I know what I want to eat I, I I know I can eat that I want I can eat this. I don't have to feel guilty. It's not like if it's gone, it's gone. It's fine. There, there may be one day that I'll have the chance to eat that again. You know, and it, it's mm-hmm. it's more of like a lifestyle or a philosophy. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, it comes from you know this thought of you don't have to earn your food. You are allowed yeah. to eat now if you want to. Yeah, be- exactly. Because it always becomes that push and pull of I have to earn my food. I have to earn yeah. my place in this world. I have to. I have to justify my existence before I'm allowed to do all of these things. I have to work out to, do, to eat this much food. I have to do this. I have to finish 10,000 steps. I have to, you know, there's always conditions. There shouldn't be conditions. Yes, exactly. The conditional mindset that we have around food is why we have to, is why I say you always deserve to eat. If you don't relate to that because you have never experienced the disordered eating, then I am happy for you. Like, I am happy that you don't have to remind yourself that you deserve to eat. Do you think that there are people that don't have eating disorders? I honestly don't know. Because that's the same question as like, do you think that there are people who are actually mentally healthy? You know, it's like, I don't know. You know, like that's a hard question. Because what is being mentally (laughs) healthy? Exactly. Right. I I don't know what that is. (laughs) I don't know if there's a person in the world who is exactly mentally healthy. But I think it's more of your capability to... To adjust to the situation. To the situation, yeah. that makes sense. So if you have a better time adjusting to a situation where you ate a lot and it's not going to be something that you're thinking about for the rest of your life, or you worked out extra, or you have to work out extra Have's just extra. so you can eat, you know, that I Which think... Which is really sad, by the way. Yeah, really that sad. I think would be something that would show us that you don't necessarily have a lot of the disordered eating patterns. But I, f- I feel like that's the most common one, no? The, I have to work out. Yeah. Because it, it's, it's easiest to justify. You know, it is, it's it is. Because like, I, like, I gotta I burn what I eat. Yeah, I, I can do what I want. Burn it. Yeah. burn it. Yeah. Back to the topic. The scarcity mindset. To, to challenge that is to first let go of the idea that there is the good and the bad food. That there is something to be earned. Because then you are able to allow yourself to see food as something that is going to be there. And mm-hmm. now you are now you have to constantly remind yourself that you are not going to run out. Okay? Okay. That it is always going to be there. You are always allowed to have it. 
So yeah. how much do you want right now? Because that's the concern that they have. Every time they see the quote-unquote good food, they eat a lot because they're scared that someone else will eat it and they won't take eat it, it again. Right? Yeah. Because that's, that's what they grew up with. So now we have to challenge that thought. You know, that yeah, that's... I honestly feel like it's also human nature. In it. I feel like somewhere deep down, it's it's also greed ingrained in us yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. no seriously though yeah right no, mm-hmm. like in buffets like oh i gotta go get as much of those oysters or or crab legs or or the lobsters and it's just like why and then you end up not eating it all and you're like mm-hmm. oh well i just wasted a whole bunch of food or you end up being very uncomfortable um, oh yeah like you you feel uncomfortable things like that yeah and, and you don't enjoy mm-hmm. yeah that's true i think it is a very human mindset. The intensity and and where we feel it most is really where yeah. it differs. Like, do you feel it yeah. most in food? Do you feel it most in like luxury items? I like, feel it in food items. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel it That's in food me. too. Well, actually, I do feel it a lot more in like luxury items now. Yeah. Before it was really food. Yeah. But now it's like, um, oh, this thing is so expensive. Like, I have to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like for me it's food telega because one it's the most accessible it's the easiest to afford mm-hmm. like I love video games and like especially when I play Valorant and then you have new skins for guns like mm-hmm. I'm fine with that like oh cool no matter how much I want to get it whatever it's yeah. there yeah that's true well okay with food it's like food oh my god <laughs> it's like food. Angel's Pizza I'm gonna take four slices of the spinach <laughs> pizza and just like yeah because the mindset is also yeah. if a lot of people are eating I have to get as much of this good this this pizza this flavor like yeah. with stuffed crust uh, pizza whenever we order pizza hut one is stuffed crust one is not because budget budget tayo eh. you you can only splurge on one pizza with the stuffed crust the other one has to be not stuffed it has to be not stuffed <laughs> yeah. so you have to balance it out so in that aspect it's like you're creating your own you're creating your scarcity yeah no exactly (laughs) that's true because now you're like this is the only stuffed crust that we have I don't want to end up with the duds of non-stuffed crust although in fairness pizza hut crust tastes good whether it's stuffed or not but stuffed crust supremacy anyway that's exactly how I feel at home that's why I'm always so happy when my sister is getting the non-stuffed crust pizza and I'm like yes (laughs) one less pizza to have to (laughs) to work through right Um, because you always feel like you have to earn it you know, like I have to eat the this food before I can eat that food. For me, like with the pizza in the man, it's like instead of going, oh, I'm gonna take one piece, Muna. Like I have to take like two or three, and just because, just in case everybody finishes it already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I but I have that. to do it. Like, I have to do it like slyly because I don't want to get judged. But it's like, why are they taking three at once? You know, that's why you eat fast. Right. That's and that's also where the scarcity mindset comes in. That's where you eat fast, eat fast because if you don't eat fast, you don't eat. You know, because the scarcity mindset is really there. And you can see how. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Such a sigh. Is that the first time you realize that for yourself? Not really. It's just like. <laughs> well, okay. It's half half. Because, like, when I, when I do eat fast, it's because, like, I want to do something else. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Shut up. Or, or like. <laughs> When people are like oh, you can't, I'm gonna say you can't save your food if you eat fast. Uh huh. Yes, I can. Look, I can do it right now. <laughs> it's a rebel um, mindset. Yeah, telling me I can't savor it. I'm savoring it right now. Yeah, no, but that's why it's so important to really take a look at how scarcity affects you in so many ways, right? It's the yeah. speed of eating, the amount of food you eat, and the 
the what do you call this the pedestal and the power that you give to food so it's really challenging that so as a reminder there's no good or bad food all food is food and you are allowed to eat what you want also now that you are out of the situation you are in you are never going to run out it's always going to be there well unless we actually do globally Elijah, run Elijah. out no Sorry. not right now <laughs> there's not time for the existential crisis <laughs> but yeah like with the potatoes remember <laughs> i know the, the, fries. The, mojos. the fries <laughs> the yeah. mojos the fries which doesn't make sense they still serve unlimited small sized fries <laughs> so, it, so this is that reminder right that you are not going to run out Right. You are now in the abundance mindset, which I yep. will admit, this is a very, very hard mindset to unlock. Yep. It's going to yep. take time. So yep. just remember to take your time to get there. Right? Always. And then later on, you can work on your specific goals. But right now, you have to work on that relationship with yourself and food because it's going to overarch in so many things. And remember, if you need help, always seek professional help. help. Yeah. Yeah. It, or, you know, maybe if you can't afford it, maybe ask someone you tr- trust. Yeah, and that's why there's a lot of there. resources yeah. that you have as well. Yeah. Like this podcast. Yeah. Hey, hi. Yeah, hey, hi. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hey. <laughs> but uh, to the letter sender, thank you so much for sending your letter. And, and uh, so sorry you had to go through that stressful yeah. situation. We are happy you are out of it. And hopefully this pod, uh, this episode helped you out. Always remember to keep your head up and keep walking forward. No matter what situation you're in, you can get out of it. And you are worthy. And that is the end of this episode. If you enjoyed it and learned a little bit from it, then don't forget to follow the pod. You can also send in your letters at the Donut Box Pod on Instagram so that we can answer yours too. Again, thank you so much to the letter sender for sending your letter. And I hope that this was helpful for you. If you want to hear more or see more of these episodes, don't forget to follow the pod. You can also follow me at It's Joe Sebastian on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Threads, and YouTube. The Donut Box Podcast is an anima podcast podcast, so don't forget to follow them for the latest pods. Until the next episode, don't forget, you always deserve to eat.